0: Okay, so we know that Build is definitely in the building. Make some noise, Build! Build hope. Build life. Build solve
1: real problems.
0: Build
1: future. Build solve real problems.
0: There's a lot of gun violence in my community. I always have to be careful when I go out in the streets because, like, I never know when they're going to start shooting.
1: Carlos
2: was uh, 18 years old. Mm -hmm. He was gunned down when she was only 15 years old. You're not
0: going to do this to my city. You're not going to do this to our children. We need help. We need help
3: now. We need to stop it now. You are listening to Bill Radio. How bill made me feel, made me feel like I'm in a safe haven, like I'm protected, I'm guarded.
2: How do I feel about bill I feel like they're going to help me make it in life. It just makes me feel at home, like I have... People that care about me here. I look at Bill like family, so they mean a lot to me. They make me
3: feel like I'm smart, like I'm a part of something good instead of being a part of something violent or something bad.
2: I feel loved when I come to Bill.
4: Hello, and welcome to Build Radio, AKA the Build Radio Podcast. My name is Benji Wax, and I'm honored to be your host for this special first episode. This is a show for people who wanna be a part of something bigger than themselves. A show for people interested in helping create real, tangible change. Changing an individual, to change a community, to change a city. It's a show for people who wonder how we can stop the gun violence plaguing Chicago a show about using art and music and story and meaningful conversations to inspire young people to believe in their potential, no matter their circumstance. We stitch together many different types of content here to keep things fresh, a Patrick quilt of sorts of audio entertainment and inspiration. Whether it's a three-act youth composed hip opera, a visit from some Chicago Bears, or an interview with a United States senator, we've got a lot we're excited to share with you in our coming episodes. Now today, For our premiere podcast, we're going to hear interviews with Cook County Commissioner Richard Boykin and ex-gang member Adolfo Tolaio. In addition, you'll be hearing the voices of many of Bill's youth, ranging from spoken word to personal story to original song. (laughs) ¶¶ All right, so now in the studio to help us kick off our first episode, we have Build Chicago's Executive Director, Adam Alonzo.
5: How's everybody doing? Thank you, Benji, for having me on the show.
4: Thank you so much for coming by. So Adam, we've been hearing Build, 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 Build. Adam, what is Build?
5: Uh, Simply put, Build is about transforming young people's lives and providing them the opportunity to grow, to learn, and to have a second chance sometimes at life, right? Right. Um, BUILD is, uh, a, it's a family, certainly, and a family that doesn't desert you or leave you. We're always here, um, through the good, through the thick and the thin. And I'm really proud to say that, um, BUILD has not only weathered the storms and has been here almost 50 years now, um, but young people, even when they go on to college, they graduate, they circle back. They want to talk to their former mentor. They want to be here and see what's new with BUILD. Build is in business of changing kids' lives. Um, build is in the business of making sure that we fill in a, a critical gap for them. And the one thing I'm really proud of, in addition to all the great things we're doing, is really about we're here. We never leave you. Young people come and they go, and they, you know, they they come into programs with us, and then they might get distracted by things of the world of the streets, and then they getting some trouble. We're still here for them. Come on back. You know, um, we've never turned young people away. We want to make sure that they know the door is always open. Sometimes just when they're ready. That's Build.
4: So Build has impacted thousands of lives since 69. How do you reach these young people?
5: We reach them a lot of different ways. Um, We have community partners who will engage young people, reach out to us and say, hey, I've got this young man over here who could use some support from you. Uh, we've got young people who come in after school, off the streets, looking for support, looking for programs that we offer. Uh, we work closely with the juvenile justice system, uh, the adult probation system as well. So we'll have folks who will refer kids to us. Um, I will say that once plugged in, uh, young people uh, start to share with their friends, becomes word of mouth. Parents look out and uh, for services for their young people and reach out to us as well. So we've got a lot of different community partners, schools, principals, deans, um, who will access or look to us to help provide services for young people.
4: Cool. So having seen you work over the past handful of years, you're a very talented executive. You can keep more plates spinning than anyone I've ever <laughs> met, probably. Um, So I think it's safe to assume, at least for me, that you could have chosen anywhere to work. Why did you choose Build Chicago?
5: Sure. Uh, Well, thank you first for the compliment. You're very kind. Um, I've been doing youth services for over 20 years now, and this was not my life's trajectory or work that I had planned out for myself. Uh, Thought I was going to be a doctor, Um, and I guess in some ways, I'm a different type of a doctor here, right? Still saving lives. Still saving lives, Um, and uh, there was an opportunity when the previous executive director uh, stepped down and went on to pursue some new uh, endeavors. Um, I applied in. I, I actually became familiar with Build back in 1995 when I started out in the field, and I remember how impressed I was with Build, their ability to uh, negotiate gang wars that were happening. And I was working at another organization in a youth center, and I remember waiting for the call from Build to say, you can go out in the streets, get your kids home. We have a ceasefire in the neighborhood. Um, And I've always held nothing but the greatest amount of respect for Build. They've always been at the tables with uh, civic leaders, with the mayor, um, and always seen as a premier organization. So to be here at the helm is certainly an honor for me. Um, and, and
4: I want to do right by build. Wonderful. Yeah. I think the organization's lucky to have you. Um, as we've seen in the past three years, a lot of wonderful stuff has happened. Um, so, even moving forward, um, even beyond that, what do you see as your vision for the future of the organization? Sure. Um, well,
5: you know, we've got almost 50 years, as I said, of amazing foundational work here. And we, sitting here in Austin and and, in our uh, building, a lot of potential here. I I think what we see is that we're growing, which is a a great thing. We're able to provide more services, serve more young people, which is ultimately the goal. We want to be able to engage community. And we think about our work also. Uh, We're changing young people's lives. And hopefully those lives then transform and change internally into families. Uh, But it's also about transforming a neighborhood and a community. And we want to be an anchor institution here in Austin where we're housed. Uh, We want to continue to support all the communities in which we're at uh, through programming and and looking forward to how do we anchor a little bit more deeply. And that's part of our strategic vision and our mission as we move forward. I'm excited for the future. I think the future is incredibly bright. Um, We've weathered uh, a really ugly state storm where there was no state budget. And we were actually not only thriving, uh, we were actually hiring during that process. Um, and I can't say that for a lot of our colleagues who unfortunately became victims of what was going on at the state. We learned a lot through that. Um, we've certainly beefed up our fundraising uh, capacities. And more importantly, it's about let's demonstrate the work we do, right? Uh, we've turned a lot of our work externally to maybe to make sure that community knows who we are but that we're serving communities. So we have family nights, we're out in the community doing canvassing door to door, um, checking in. We're partners in a lot of different meetings and we wanna be there to help build community. So for us, I think that's what's helped us to grow a little bit more. And now I think with almost, um, with all this great work under our belts, what's our next iteration? What is the Build 2.0? I'm not gonna reveal that to you. You'll have to stick around and learn more about that, but I can say it's very exciting. So, Benji, you've asked a lot of questions of me, but I'm not sure our listeners know who you are. <laughs> That's true. I guess who, I should probably... Who is the man behind the mic? <laughs> who should probably is, say that, right? Yeah.
4: Tell us about who's you. The, who's this voice? Who um, is this voice? <laughs> so, when I was a little kid, my dad was uh, the chairman of the board of directors here when I was growing up. So, you know, I attended the galas and the jewelry shows yeah. and the art, you know, the sales and stuff and the mm-hmm. auctions. Um, he was on the board for 17 years, of which chairman for six, and he unfortunately passed away The you know right after I graduated high school. And I'd been throwing these these house shows and basement shows, variety shows, types of things for a couple of years, and so we started using those as fundraisers for this organization that he was so passionate about. And so that's kind of how I got reeled back in, I guess, nice. and then um, kind of did those for a bunch of years. So shout outs to all the House of Wax that's homies right. who uh, helped <laughs> helped, you know, kind of you know, raise a bunch of money and raise a bunch of love. Like Rick was telling me that that some of the house of wax money funded the first art show that Bill did that went on to raise like $18,000 or something, which is just super cool. So like, you know, I hope everyone that hears that, that was a part of that, you know, feels special about that. Um, and then me and Adam, we met, you know, during one of the, uh, I guess I was doing a show in 2015 and the PR guy, Danny heard about that. Mm -hmm. And then he came out and, um, introduced me and Adam and then, and I, I, I'll tell you what I remember. I remember
5: uh, the love that you had for Bill for just meeting you for the first time. And, and as I've told you then, and, I, and I'll say it again, is that what an honor to your father's legacy mm-hmm. and his history. And certainly you're your own man, but what a great way to give back. And I think your passion certainly exudes here. And I, I can say that we're super proud to have you here with us. Thank you. And excited for what the future holds for not just Bill, <laughs> but for the show, and certainly with uh, Benji Wax behind the mic. <sighs>
4: Well, thank you very much, Adam. Wow, this got spun around (laughs) on me here. Um, So awesome. Thank you so much for coming in. I'm excited. Next, we're going to go into some spoken word pieces that were performed uh, by our kids at the Youth Innovation Conference that we had last year. Stay tuned.
6: When your brother had to tote a block, when police were telling people so crazy from his head to his socks, he had his hands up. He ain't really want no move, and everybody come up to you, tell my desk post Pope." I'm really trying to run, trying to get away from the violence, but people telling me to shut, trying to keep my head in silence. Well I be at? Now where all the block be at? Nobody wanna come to my hood, talking about it ain't really good, but you ain't never seen what I had to do up in the hood. This stuff so, so crazy that I'm a straight A student, but I know everything that happened from a little getting shot dead right in front of you. Do you think that messed mess up your head? It's stuff so crazy, man. it really leave them to the dead. But I'm just trying to get out the feeling. I'm just trying to make it out the zone. And everybody telling me what I really got alone. wrong. I'm finna do the fingers, decks. I'm finna jump out the crowd. And everybody scream loud when I point to this guy. <laughs> you really know me? Do you really want to jump out the crowd? I want to hear you say something. I want to see you get loud. But nobody want to speak. They want to keep it all silent. That's why I still so much little violence. Don't nobody ever want to really stand up. Y'all just want to sit down with y'all hands prayed up. Talk about y'all praying for the dead. Well, leave me alone. Get that out your head. Cause you sitting there quiet the whole time it's happening. Stand up. Be a upstander. Y'all don't really want to do that. Cause everybody knows something might happen to you. And you just might be next. So everybody want to run. because they do don't really want to be that person. Man, just leave me alone. And leave it to the next person.
7: The first time that I got shot at, I was seventh grade. That's, that's what I seen in, in the neighborhood, you know, I like kids getting killed before they turn 18 or 21. As a kid, you know, being affiliated, you know, you get taught, you know, as a young kid, you know, that, that you're not gonna live to the age of 18. So I just tell my mother, you know, when I was young, like, I'm gonna live to the age of 18. When I turned 18, um, Bill actually sent me ABC News. They came up at Homer Park in the summer, and uh, they recorded and sang happy birthday to me and my 18th birthday. And um, never thought I was gonna live till, till I was 18, but I'm 20, about to be 21.
4: That was the voice of Adolfo Tolayo, or as everybody calls him, Scooby. In just a moment, we'll hear more about Scooby's transition from violent gang life to reforming himself, and finally, how he's helping other similarly troubled youth avoid making the same dangerous decisions he did. You can catch our intimate interview with him in just a minute. But first, we have a personal piece written by one of our youth, Shantice, in which she chronicles how build elevated her from a disturbing, and haunted place in her life to a place of hope, confidence, and determination. And you're listening to Build Radio.
2: I should be over it, but I'm not. The memories still haunt me every day. When I was in the first grade, there were times when boys I didn't know would touch me. They would touch me in ways that I didn't understand. Sometimes I would be scared to come to school because I knew that they would be there. There were five boys that would do this to me. I told them time after time to stop, but they never (laughs) did. There were so many times where I would cry all the way to school and again on the way home. <laughs> Having people touch you in places that you don't like is not okay. From that day to this, those memories still hurt me and make me afraid to trust people. Many years would go by before I would find the courage to tell someone what had happened to me. I was so scared of those boys. When they want to touch me inappropriately, they would hit me and call me names. I hate getting flashbacks from things I don't want to remember. I came to Bill during my orientation, freshman year of high school. Bill has helped me by showing and opening me up to things I never experienced in my life. My mentors have taught me about trust. They taught me that even though you had a rough start, you shouldn't let that hurt your future. They have shown me that it's okay to trust people. Bill has helped me to forgive the boys that hurt me. I know that I have grown more with them because I learned to trust them and other people again. I am so grateful for Bill for helping me overcome my trust issues and the hurt that was inside me. My mentors have helped me with so much. They have also helped me improve in my schoolwork. Bill has given me great opportunities. I am so so grateful and thankful to Bill for helping me change into a better person and helping me to understand all the things I didn't know. If it were not for Miss Laurie and Miss Hart, I wouldn't be the young lady I am today. Because of Bill, I now know that I can go to college and become a great teacher and mentor just like them.
4: Very powerful piece by one of our young people. That was excerpted from a longer piece that she performed for BUILD's annual public speaking contest. BUILD's public speaking program is called BUILD Voices and teaches participants how to mindfully craft and present their own personal narratives. The program inherently displays a profound and positive way to channel very strong emotions and build confidence along the way. Now a testament to the healing power of creative outlets, let's dive in with our boy Scooby. From gang member to artist and mentor, he's got quite the story. We began by asking him how he got involved with Build. So
7: at the age of 14, I was affiliated in the gang in No Square. Um I got locked up uh, with a different game member and uh for burglary and the home invasion at that time um, went through the the juvenile detention uh, court system um judge told me you gotta do this or you go back. Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid you like damn, you know, I ain't trying to go to jail. I take right, the yeah. easy way, so I took the easy way. Yeah. And um started came started I started, started coming at Bill. um like twenty eleven, mm-hmm. twenty twelve. Um I stood here for maybe for a few months and uh, I stood here. I stood yeah. here for almost 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 will be seven years now. Mm-hmm.
4: what made you want to join a gang what led to you getting involved
7: so as a kid you know my i grew up single mother um home with uh two brothers two sisters um we were poor you know we live in the basement of a of, of a gang home um they should hang out always in the front of the house mm-hmm. so every time as a kid you know I'm Walking, I'm walking outside, you know, and I see them with the new shoes and the new nice clothes, yeah. you know. I got them chanclas, chancletas from, from Mexico, mm-hmm. you know. So, I'm like, damn, you know, they they got them Jordans. I got them I'm fufus, you know. Yeah, the, what the, I, You know, <laughs> so
4: yeah. you're like, damn, I want to be like that. So, like, what would you say to them? Or did they say hey, They man, they like, always.
7: They they was tell me, yo, little homie from downstairs, you know, come chill, you know, and yeah. I would go, you know, I said, okay, you know,
4: like. And it was Latino gang. Yeah, Latino yeah.
7: gang, you know, and I would come up to them, and, and they would talk to me, and we would talk about like issues in school mm-hmm. or what happened in the neighborhood, and they they was tell me, you know, hey, are you tired of of being poor, you know, like yeah. kind of, you know, like like in the gang, they tell you, you know, sometimes to. Trying to help you with the family sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes. But then that's when I start hanging out with the guys, you know. And um, they showing me how to, what the gang signs mean. They telling me uh, the cars, of was wired with gangs, anything. They, 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 they had information, they were telling me, you know. And I was that kid, you know, if the police come, I'm screaming, the the police are mm-hmm. coming, you know? They had the special names for the police. So I was that kid, you know? Like, yo, police coming, yeah. you know, with the, the, the secret name, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, they're they' go do
4: their thing. And then how long until you realized that maybe this wasn't what you thought it was? Man,
7: so, I've been through a lot with uh, like, like people, like drive-bys, and like shooting, so and and shot at? and in the beginning, in the beginning, you, you get scared, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time that that I got shot at. I was seventh grade, and it was the winter. It was snowing, and we walked into a park. And uh, I remember this a big um white truck came through, and started shooting at us. And I was seventh grade, maybe twelve years old, eleven. And my emotions was dive in the snow and I dove through the snow, you know? And uh it was it was that was that was my first time getting shot at.
4: Seventh grade.
7: Seventh grade. Wow. Yeah, since then and I was getting shot at a lot of times to a point that they they put a gun at you, you like go ahead, you know? If you really Yeah. Like one and- time one time. One time we were hanging out in the block, um, they came two cars deep, rival gangs, mm-hmm. and they started shooting at us. And it was kind of weird because we we look at each other's even though knowing that bullets are flying at us, you know. Right. And we looking like 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 damn like they really shooting at us like to the point it, it's like it's like a normal life you know
4: you think like most of the you know kids that are involved in in gang like and stuff like that as far as other things to do you know in some of these neighborhoods is there other things that you can get involved with like you know i think that's why a lot of us gravitate towards something like bill that offers you know after school programming all these sorts of opportunities that you might have never had because do the schools provide that sort of stuff
7: so yeah they do they do provide you with that but the thing was that is like like if 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 you are in in, in a rival gangs territory, and a lot of times parks, schools, you know they are even like nonprofit stations, they are located in a lot of times in, in different neighborhoods in different rival gangs. So it's kind of pretty hard for some this kid, you know, they wants hope or, or trying to change life yeah. to walk through that
4: the dangerous neighborhood, you know, because he don't want to get killed. So you're saying like, even if there is opportunity, a place where you can go to better yourself, learn about new mm. things, get involved, it's it's uh, hard sometimes to even get there or be oh, yeah. scared to go there, oh, yeah. even if it does exist. How much do you think? I mean, this is just another, um, I guess, angle that I've heard recently of social media fueling a lot of the violence and stuff like that. Whether it be petty beefs on Twitter or Instagram or something like that, Facebook that will escalate to violence in person. So Facebook is uh, one of the biggest,
7: uh, even Snapchat. You know, Snapchat. are the biggest uh, game things to for the game members to use. You know, because they be quarreling, they wish where they at or they they throwing up, uh, or they're all chopping, you know, disrespecting different gangs. Mm -hmm. And that's when you see, you know, that that conflict. You know, a lot of times, not a lot of times, but, like, you got, like, maybe one or five shootings, like, it's based off like, Facebook beef, you know?
4: Really? Yeah. How do you think the, the problem would look if there was a lot more places like Build Around, you know? Do you think it would have a big
3: effect?
7: Yes, really, really big effect. You know, uh, when I I was going to Bill, uh, we should do a lot. Like um, we should, they we should, they should bring a lot of different gangs, mm-hmm. and uh, they should take us to bowling or to movies or even kids from different gangs, different gangs, Wow. and just take us to probably eat and we should eat and we always forget like he's from this gang, he's from this gang, and we end up being friends. You know, and that's the thing that that Bill was showing us. And when I was growing up, you I mean, like like you, you can't you can't judge somebody because they color, you know? Mm-hmm. So we end up being friends and, and even the be- the best thing about that is that there was situations that that, that evolved like two rival bill kids mm-hmm. that help each other sometimes. Wow. So like maybe like you and me are at Bill and you're a different rival gang and uh, you see me in your neighborhood and your guys like he, this is this is the dude from this game. Let's go pick on him. So they y'all would run up on me to like, "Oh, drop your set or we'll be beating you up." And you cuz we had that 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 relationship through yeah. Bill. You're like, "Nah, he's cool. You know, that's my homie from from the program, you know?" And that, that it happened a lot of time, you know? And, and it's pretty cool, you know, having this game helping this gang, you know, yeah. besides putting them down.
4: So, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, I can't imagine, like, really more important and more, more noble work, like, you know, just hearing people talk about, like, you know, it, it being a pipe dream to make it to even 18 years old is just horrific oh yeah yeah yeah. like for like for me like for example you know like my, my my dad died suddenly when he was 50 but he was 50 you know that's at least like half half a life you know a little bit more you know he got to have the job the family whatever but you know that was still crushing and devastating and to think about what that could be like when it's a kid you know when the 16 14 12 and you know for me it was like it was like a heart thing for him it was like a sort of like a heart problem and there's a little, like, sense that that makes. It's like, you know, we're human beings, bodies, they're machines, and they can break down. Uh-huh. But, like, if you were, you know, walking at the wrong place at the wrong time and you get caught in crossfire or something like that or someone, like, comes and, you know, hunts you down just, like, senselessly, how do you find how to deal with that, how to cope, how to be like, man, I wish I I talked to him for five more minutes at school. Maybe he would have been in a different place at a different time. Like Oh, man.
7: like that, that, I've been through situations that that I'm talking to this person, yeah. and maybe an hour or two, they they get killed, you know? And it hurts, it hurts you more, be like, damn, you know, I just barely was talking to him. I was barely, per- I just barely seen him. Um, It hurts more, Um, same thing with you, you know? Uh, my father passed away a couple years ago. Um, You know, it hurts, you know, like, damn, you know, like, damn, you know, mm-hmm. I just barely see this kid, you know? Yeah. And uh, it just kind of, kind of like hurts you more. Like damn, I should have, you know. And this is this is why you get kids with depression because they like damn, I just barely see this kid, you know. Like it's, I just barely see my homie, you mm-hmm. know. And that's where they get that rage, or, or that anger, and these these their 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 heads saying, grab the gun and just go shoot. Right. And, and if you
4: don't know how to channel it positively, like you know, like we're doing here with art and music and stuff, you take. You know the hardships of being a kid in the first place, but then you know a kid in somewhere like Austin, Chicago. Or, you know, or like lots of these communities that are really struggling right now. Like, you know, if if only everyone could have the positive outlets that some place like this gives out, or like you know all the schools in the suburbs give out. I can only imagine that the you know the shootings would decrease drastically. Oh, yeah.
7: Even 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 schools, you know, they cut budgets. You know, yeah. they don't have art or music. And it's kind of hard for them, even knowing that you can put your your emotions through that, you know, mm-hmm. or even poetry, you know, is, is Absolutely, you know you yeah. can use that as a as an outlet of put your anger or feelings through mm-hmm. that, you know, and having the kids, you know, I have I have kids that they they tough, you know, kids with tattoos, kids that are like in gangs, and have to paint. You know, especially if somebody they passed away, they in their own gangs or, or somebody they know they passed away, and they paint their face beside besides having a tattoo or besides getting a gun and shoot them, you know, for the honor for them, you know, that's 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 for them it's like oh I'm giving respect for him, mm-hmm. so like we tell them you know besides doing that you know besides going like the for 40, 50 years you know, do this you know wow. do do paint paint a portrait of them. And they started doing the pro trick. And, and that's when you see these kids, you know, these cold-blooded kids, you know, they could they, they talk, you know, to not show their emotions. And you see them crying or you see them shaking because they, they their emotions, you know. And they never get taught. So what I do in Bill is help kids use their anger, their their the sadness to art from clay, ash drag, graffiti, anything they, they, they want to do besides using a gun or different kind of weapons to hurt themselves or others. That's what we use help them grab a brush beside the weapon.
4: Up next, we've got an original song, written by Build Youth for a social justice and diversity conference, and also performed at Build's annual dinner. With chase on the verses and an eye on the hooks, here's what we're aiming for.
6: Social justice and diversity, two main topics at the university, if you like to be, move your feet, because you ran for a really big treat, number one was social justice, most people really don't trust it, everything gotta be handled with fighting, but we scared so they keep the tape silent. Bus that's on my mind. Getting our A's, gotta stay on my grind. Building a future, don't know what I find. Blocking out violence, so I gotta act blind. Knowing most people are scared of reality. Be independent, but you say you hate your family. Wanna be grown all in them streets, but I never see myself running from the police.
0: Social justice and diversity. It's while we're Wealth and opportunities is what we're aiming for, aiming for social justice and diversity. It's what we're aiming for, aiming for education, wealth and opportunities. It's what we're
4: All right, pretty dope. So we got Aaron Williams with us in the studio right now. Aaron is the music coordinator and creator slash designer of our Ground Up music program. Hey, um, say what's up, man. What's What's <laughs> happening, good people? So can you tell our dear listeners a little bit about this music program, Ground Up?
3: So Ground Up is is uh, evolved from simply an idea. And evolves into a, a a place a safe space for these kids to express themselves through different forms of music, whether it be an instrumental expression with drums, keyboard, or guitar, or a technological production side of of their expression with making the beats and and learning about interviewing people with this podcast and 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 learning about recording their work so essentially it's a way for them to express themselves however they feel to but through sounds of some good music
4: a lot of times this is the only place where they might have access to some of this equipment and instruments right
3: yeah and 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 it, and it hurts uh you know it saddens me sometimes that a lot of the schools have take away the, these programs these are the mm-hmm. first to go and i was blessed enough to be in a high school where there was a music program But in grade school, I kind of suffered the same fate. There was no music program. So when I was given the opportunity to work for Build and and give kids that opportunity I didn't have, I definitely jumped right on it.
4: Nice. What's cool about it, too, is that um, the majority of the music that you hear in the background of this podcast was composed and produced by Build Kids.
3: And that—that's—that I think that's the most most satisfying thing because, you know, anybody can take something off of YouTube and copy paste and you can put it as – As your own, but it's really not your own. So what I love about what I do is that I give the kids their own voice, but I also give them ownership of their work because a lot of times their circumstance takes away the work that they put in into making Mm. better situations out of what they deal with. So the fact that I can give them that ownership and say, oh, this is my work, this is my work. When, When we showcase their work and they say, oh, this is created by the kids, they get that much more credibility.
4: Nice. So next week, we're going to uh, do a I don't know, internet premiere debut of the, the Saga of Terrence Jenkins, the uh, the project that you guys worked on. When, when was that?
3: That was uh, over this past summer.
4: Um, that was, and so yeah. I, I'd never heard this. And upon hearing it, I was astounded by this wonderful, cool piece, a, a hip-hop, right? It's essentially a hip-hop, a three-act structure, um, all composed by the kids. Um, for people who are listening now, tell them why they should stick around until next week to hear this.
3: Well, because you, you'll see... A lot of times when you think of stories being constructed, whether you think, whether it's a book or a movie or a newspaper article or a magazine article, you think, oh, okay, some, some, you know, some adult made this, an adult wrote this. So when the kids brought this to me, because this is what wasn't something that I said, oh, we should do this. I said, I simply asked them, what do you want to do for this end of the summer performance? Mm -hmm. One of the kids showed me this series of videos called a Rico story. What By one of their more respected rappers, and he took essentially uh, three three songs and told a story of a gentleman, so I switched it and said, "How about we tell a story about uh a kid who's just like you guys who's grown up in the environment, but he's given in to the the negative." vibes and he's succumbed to it so now he's invested in doing things that he shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. and they said yes we want to do it what's his name somebody said terrence jenkins and then the saga was created so then it was like okay so what else do we put in there what what do we what do we want to do what does he do what story do you want to tell so one kid said uh he plays football one kid said okay he goes to He he got a friend who does drugs, and the guy told him that he should make some money because his mom was struggling on drugs. Dad was never there, so let's do that. And I said, why are you guys picking this? He's like, because a lot of us can relate to that. A lot of us go through that. And it saddened me, but at the same time, it inspired me because a lot of kids are quiet about that, and they let their emotions come out, sometimes in a way that you wouldn't expect. So this caught me off guard because I was like, wow, so you guys want to take something that – has been holding you back, but you want to take it and use it so people can be aware of what's going on. That is what inspired me. And as as days went by, as we were creating this structure and just under a month, they created a story that can hit a lot of hearts. So definitely you should stick around.
4: Yeah. We're definitely excited to to share that um, on the program next time. All right. So before we hop into our final segment of um, this month's episode, Um, you're very passionate about the organization. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about how you found your way to get involved here?
3: So, I would say it was that the uh, summer of 2016, I was just kind of, you know, just kind of chilling over the summer. I was playing in my bands around the, you know, around the city. I was just, you know, living a musician's life. But the financial situation kicked in, adulting kicked in, and I was looking for a summer job, and my aunt, who you, who used to work here, Lori, she said, uh, she told my mom, hey, tell Aaron to sign up for uh, One Summer Chicago. His pay pretty good. He might be able to do something he likes. He can get some money in his pocket. So I jumped right on it, did an interview, bam, I was here at One Summer Chicago. And then when I got here, they said you can pick what component you want to work with, whether it's map score or work with the administration or you want to do art i sell art i'm a music guy so naturally i said okay i might do something related to the music and that's when i met rick and scooby rick and scooby i i I see them and i'm like oh man they're strict these guys are strict i can't do much i can't i don't have much wiggle room and then within just a week we're we're spray painting we're working with the kids we're working with uh i started working with pots and pans who who led a, a steel drum workshop so for me um it was kind of a way to say, man, this is this is pretty cool. I, I, like, I like this. This is one summer. And then as weeks went by and months went by, it was getting towards the end of the summer, and Rick started to bug my ear. He said, um, how would you run a drum circle if you were to run one? And I say, you know, I get the kids practice pads, sit them all in the classroom, and then we teach them rudiments, basic rudiments, singles, doubles, paradiddles, triplets, you name it. We teach them to the kids. And he was paying attention to how passionately I was speaking about it, to where he would talk, he went and talked to Adam, our executive director. And Adam, uh I guess my debut interview with Adam per se was there. We were having a, a one of our conferences, similar to the Respect Life conference, and it was with all of the One Summer Chicago kids were in there, and it was kind of having some kids talk about their experience. Adam, uh, I would say about three to five minutes before it started, walked up to me and said, "Hi, you're Aaron, right?" I said, "Yes." He said. Would you like to say say a few words about your experience as a kid in Austin? I said, uh, sure. So I literally had about two and a half to three minutes to not only get over my nervous jitters, but also to prepare something that'll inspire people, but also just to say something. Now, I didn't see this as an interview. I didn't see this as an audition. I just saw this as somebody asked me to do something. I felt I speak passionately about stuff that I I can easily identify with. So I spoke about it and within i would say about a week or so adam pulled me to the side pulled me in his office and said uh rick has been talking to me and i see that you're interested in music how would you like to run a music program and since i've worked here um i build's been around for almost 50 years and to know that i've made history and starting the first legitimate music program is is groundbreaking. And and it it humbles me even more to know that there's still, of course I've learned so much and there's still so much to learn, but to know that I just went from a summer kid looking for money in his pocket to the founder, creator and the the leader of a brand new program that kids gravitate to, to where I started from a small little classroom with one Mac and one keyboard to go from four guitars, three Macs, a drum set, an electric drum set, uh, two mini keyboards, regular keyboard, Bless is an understatement. So for me, it's it's really gratifying, and I, I wouldn't pick anything else. You know, playing on stage is, is, is great. It's phenomenal. It's what I love to do. But coming back to build and being able to bring that back to these kids is it makes it that much better.
4: That's awesome. Wow, man groundbreaking and now it's ground up right exactly
3: and and that the name for that actually kind of came from a couple of different places I, I listened to this jazz fusion band snarky puppy mm-hmm. awesome band a lot of great individuals that you never think would be in a band and they're just phenomenal no free advertising on this show. of course of course not <laughs> of course kidding. not they look up snarky awesome. puppy but they we got them in the studio of we'll course do. we do some live recordings some live jam sessions with the kids and um they, one of their albums was called Ground Up. Now, to them, the meaning behind why they call it that was probably different than mine. But mine, I picked that because anything that's created inside Ground Up Studios, whether it be a dance routine, a rap song, uh, a saga of Terence Jenkins, uh, a beat that can go on a commercial, or uh, some lyrics that could go into spoken word, into a speech, it's created in here. It starts in here. So it starts literally, no pun intended, from the ground up, it it so a kid could be sitting here just messing around, not knowing what they want to do, and within five minutes they're starting to write a song that can become Terence, the saga of Terence Jenkins, and that's how Terence Jenkins started. It literally started with the kids sitting around, I don't know what we want to do, and one kid said, "Yo, let's tell a story," and then boom, Terence Jenkins happens. And of course, it might it might not happen overnight, but because when it's when I try to instill in the kids that when you create it in here. It's it's more passionate. You're more passionate about something you do that's all your own. So, mm-hmm. ground up is definitely on the rise.
4: Cool. Yeah. So we're excited to keep bringing um, all of our listeners new developments from you know the ground up studios here. Um, stay tuned for all the you know the back on music. Go back and listen. There's a few plugged from other places, but I would say the majority of it is from the kids, which is cool because a lot of it began with. Kids just literally tinkering around with either Logic or GarageBand or MIDI keyboards or this sort of thing, and then we're like, okay, yeah, let's let's play with this. Like, you know, you can hear yourself, you know, being involved in an even bigger project. So, awesome, Aaron. Thanks so much for coming by and sharing your story, talking about the program. Um, so now, before we end this episode, we got one more component for you, and that's our interview with Cook County First District Commissioner Richard Boykin. Uh, this was from our Respect Life campaign that we had at build last year. Uh, Commissioner Boykin's a wonderful guy. He would have made a great radio announcer had he not been a lawyer. Um, so stick around for that. And then at the end, we'll wrap things up and give you a preview of what's in store for next month's episode. Stay tuned. Do you want to do it? Yeah, I want to do it.
1: Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Daquan. I'm here with Benji. And we got the commissioner.
4: Commissioner Boykin. Commissioner Boykin. Boykin. We got here on our Build Radio, and we're happy that you're here, and we're happy that you'll be able to be on
8: our first episode.
4: Um, so I guess to start off, can you give us a little bit of your uh, background, I guess, personally and professionally?
8: So the commish, the commish. is glad to be on the show hey, with Daquan go. and Benji. There we go. <laughs> And I'm glad to be a part of your first uh, podcast. Oh, you have a radio voice. Let right me just uh, say that I'm honored to be here. I grew up in the city of Chicago. I grew up on the south side, grew up in Englewood, went to Chicago Vocational High School, uh, went from there to uh, college on a football scholarship Okay. Uh, at Central State University in Ohio, and then from there I went to law school in Dayton, Dayton Ohio. Okay. So... And then I came back and uh, actually spent a year in Washington with Congressman Bobby Rush. Mm-hmm. Worked for Senator Carol Mosley Braun. Spent almost ten years with Congressman Danny Davis. Okay. And then, okay. Uh, you know, in 2006, I actually came uh, back to Chicago, joined a law firm. I'm a lawyer, so I'm a partner at Barnes and Thornburg Law Firm. Okay. And uh, in 2014. I got elected to the Cook County Board of Commissioners. Cook County is the second largest county Mm -hmm. in the United States of America, some 5.2 million people. Wow. Uh, And so we're excited. We're excited about doing good to help as many people as we can while we can.
4: So tell us a little bit about growing up in Englewood.
8: Hey, it's a tough community. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, was, it wasn't as much uh, gun violence when I was coming up, but uh, it was more if you had a beef with somebody, I mean, you, you know, you did it the man way. You, mm-hmm. you actually fought it out. Right. As opposed to it shoot it out. Yeah. And uh, occasionally somebody would pick up a bottle and hit somebody over the head with it, but uh, it didn't happen that often. It seemed that we had more of a sense of community. Uh, back then than we do now and so we need to get back to that sense of community where neighbor is concerned about neighbor that's why I'm so excited about this respect life campaign Absolutely. because really if you respect yourself then you respect other people and you won't commit a crime against somebody else I mean you'll discuss debate dialogue mm-hmm. things out as opposed to shoot it out
1: Commissioner, I got a question for you. First of all, how'd you dig one?
8: Wonderful, Daquan, and thank you so much for uh, being a great
1: host. All right. So, uh, Commissioner, I want to ask you, so what do you think about Chicago? Like, what's your output and then, like, on the violence, too? And then what do you think is a solution that we can come to to uh, solve the to, to get rid of the violence in Chicago?
8: Look, Chicago is the greatest city on the planet. I mean, it uh, Chicago has everything that uh, one would want to want to have i mean you have 77 distinct neighborhoods and culture and diversity look chicago is the city of big shoulders it's one of the greatest places that one can come to and so we are chock full of potential but too many people in in some of these endangered communities about nine or ten that are predominantly african-american aren't really realizing their full potential because they're dealing with these issues of gun violence. They're dealing with the issues of uh, lack of education and you know, uh, police misconduct and other issues. And so we have to figure out a way to make sure that every child growing up, Daquan, has an opportunity to live what we call the American dream of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What can we do to make it happen? I think we can invest in parenting There are a lot of single parents who are raising their kids and grandparents raising grandkids. We got to make sure that those parents have the supports that they need in order to raise these young men to be men, uh, raise the girls to be women. And so we got to do that. That, That's first and foremost. Look, it often says that uh, there's an African proverb that says that the ruins of a nation begins in the homes of its people. I believe that to be true. And so if we build up the home, we can build up the block. If we build up the block, we can build up the neighborhood. That's one thing we can do. we got to also make sure that there are job opportunities for individuals. we got to make sure that we're investing in schools and that everybody has an opportunity to matriculate through these schools and understand what it is to read and write and do arithmetic and math and geometry and algebra, and that they understand how important it is we got to create a crop of individuals who can come up with a cure for cancer, come up with a cure for HIV, uh, come up with cures for some of the things that have troubled us for too long. And the other things that we can do is we must invest in people. we got to invest in the young people. And I think uh, for too, off, too long we've forgotten about our young people and we haven't invested in them.
1: All right. I thank you because um, like you saying that coming from you is like, you know, you're like a role model to all the young kids around and inside the Chicago or inside the Austin district right now. So, I mean, that is like a big, big
8: deal coming from out of you. Let me tell you, Daquan, you're a role model, too, because guess what? There are people looking at you and watching what you do. You may not think you're a role model, but guess what? Somebody's looking up to you every single day. And uh, that's why we got to carry ourselves in such a way. Our work speaks for itself, and that our character uh, reflects that.
4: Next, asked Commissioner Boykin what some of the key factors were to him staying above the many rifts that might be easy to fall into in a neighborhood like Englewood, and what key points occurred in his trajectory that led him to the success he has seen in his
8: life. Look, my father inspired me. I mean, my father raised four of us. He was a single dad, but he demanded that we not join gangs. He demanded excellence. He said, good, better, best, never let it rest until your good is better and your better is your very best. He says, uh, don't bring a C into the house because a C means that you just showed up to class every day. You know, if you just go every day, you ought to get a C. If you do a little bit better, you'll get a B. If you do a little bit better than that, you'll get an A. And so he demanded excellence, and, and that's what I attribute a lot of my success to. And of course, God. I mean, God has put people in my life like the Adam Alonzo's and others from BUILD, I mean, who have just been just great partners, but he also put great mentors in my life. I mean, when I was 15, I was working in an ice cream pizza parlor, uh, managing seven or eight other people at the age of 15. I wasn't even supposed to be working, but I was. And I started working at 15, and and the Greek guy, the restaurant, the owner, he still got to shop. I mean, he gave me an opportunity. And so basically, I I think that if people have opportunities to succeed, I think they will. But we have to give them opportunities other than selling drugs on street corners. And people who are returning from prisons, we have to make sure that we give them opportunities as well. So we got to prioritize these populations. Look, it is a shame that African-Americans lead the numbers in terms of unemployment in the country, in Illinois, Mm -hmm. in the country. And in this community of Austin, uh, the young people, the teenagers, a 90% unemployment rate. So we got to deal with that, idle hands are devil's workshop. And that's why we got to get the people doing meaningful things. But I would say my father has been my inspiration and uh, he's been a great mentor he's been a great friend he's still alive today and he got great wisdom he said to me read as much as you can you know some people read the newspaper every day Uh, other people read other magazines and stuff read books I mean look I was I've often been told that the lies are buried in the library that's why they call it the library and so you got to go there in order to see what they are talking about but uh, I've really had a good life and I wouldn't give anything for my journey. Maybe if I was a better football player, could have played for the Bears or Carolina Panthers. <laughs> so, just one last as
4: as, as a um, a word of advice, I guess, for kids who might feel in a, a little bit hopeless in whatever sort of situation they find themselves in. What what are words of advice would you give to somebody to kind of follow a similar career trajectory or success path? Um, yeah, you mentioned reading, which I think is a huge thing, self education. You know, a lot of times the school structures aren't you know. The, the best that they can be with the funding, the whole situation, but that doesn't mean that you can't take it upon themselves. Is there anything else that you think you would like to impart upon the young people, uh, knowledge, advice to perhaps lead to their own individual success?
8: Here's what I would say to them when they're discouraged, when they're down, when they haven't done as well as they think they should have. The poet said it like this, when things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you trudge seems all uphill, when the debts are high and the funds are low and you want to smile but you have to sigh, Rest if you must, but don't you quit. It says life is queer with its twists and turns as each and every one of us sometimes learns and many a failure turns about. When she might have won, had she stuck it out, so stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem their absolute worst that you must never, ever quit. And remember, the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong. But to the one who can endure, persevere until the very end—that's the kind of people that we are. We must rise up. And if I was playing football, my coach would say this: proper preparation prevents poor performance. Thank you. <laughs>
4: wow. You didn't tell me you were a rapper too, <laughs> All right, Commissioner Boykin, thank you so much for joining us here on Bills
1: Radio. If we really want to end the violence in Chicago, we need to go beyond "put the guns down." We need to change the story about what it means to grow up black or brown in Chicago. We need to make the potential of the young people the focus, not just our problems. We need to transform lives to create hope and build futures. We can't do it alone. Invest in our potential. Chicago young people are worth it.
4: All right, we're back in the studio. Thanks so much for sticking around and listening to Build Radio. We know there's a lot of shows out there, but we, we appreciate you listening to this one. Build has been saving lives for nearly 50 years, empowering thousands and thousands of young people with hope and opportunity. And now you're part of that. The first step to any change is awareness. So if you want to find out more, visit buildchicago.org. Learn more about what we offer and what you can do to help. Our amazing donors keep Build's impactful programming going year after year after year. You can donate online and join the family. You can donate your time. We have creative and fun volunteer opportunities. Or if you have a passion or hobby that you love sharing, you can design your own. Our gardening program, tech shop computer program, podcast program, all started from volunteers. You can always show your love on social media as well. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Find us at Build Chicago. All in all, thanks for listening. Keep an eye out for episode two as we tackle gun violence with Chicago Bears legend Charles Tillman. The episode will also feature conversations with current Bears linebacker Sam Acho and the chairman of the Chicago Bears organization, George McCaskey. Not to mention, the episode will be the internet debut of an original three-part youth performed hip opera, the saga of Terrence Jenkins. You don't want to miss it. So thanks for sharing your time with us. We hope you enjoyed our first episode. We're going to let our girl Anaya sing us out. Peace, everybody, and see you next time.
0: And you got me like, oh. What you want
4: from me?
0: What you want from me? uh oh. And I tried to buy you pretty hard, but the price too high. Oh, Baby, oh. you got me like, oh you love when i fall apart so you can pull me together and throw me against the wall baby you got me like oh Build hope, build lives, and build futures.